Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hello and welcome to Just Films and That with me, Josh Hallam. And me, Alice Oliver. This is the podcast where we talk about films that we think are underrated, underappreciated, or we just wanted to talk about them. We're also going to get stuck into some classic films that one of us maybe hasn't seen and maybe throw in some great guests along the way. So Alice, we start with a random question, as ever. Um, can you play any musical instruments? And if not, what would you like to be able to play? Mm, so I'm going to answer with a sort of. So I like to think I can play guitar. Like I did. So I got well, a guitar. Right, yeah. I went to your house and there's a guitar there. <laughs> oh, okay. I thought you were like, oh, that's right. Just I've right. heard. <laughs> yeah. I've heard just shit guitar. Oh, no, God, yeah. No, yeah. yeah. Terrible. Uh, sorry, as you, as, you, as you were saying. <laughs> I got a guitar when I was about 14. And just like played, you know, just super basic stuff, I guess. And I'm not very good at, like, if I'm not good at something immediately, I get really frustrated and kind of lose the enthusiasm for it, which as a child, I suppose, was fine, but not as an adult. Um, So it was just always dead simple stuff. But I always played, but I never got to any kind of decent level. And then I played the piano when I was a kid and got to grade four. And I do really wish that I'd carried that on and wish that I'd made it like part of my life somehow or just like always had a piano or at least learned some like really key technical pieces that I could show off with but above all that I wish I could play the drums I really wish I'd become a drummer really above guitar and piano yeah just the thrashing it's Uh, just wild stress stress relief oh yeah the energy it's just palpable I love it so I don't, not to, to play my hand and answer the question, but um, I don't know much about grading and music. Mm-hmm. How good is grade four? Uh, so the, it goes up to grade eight. Uh, so, like, so I'm 50% good. So you're like, yeah. Yeah. You're like, a, is that like a, I don't know, a C? <laughs> yeah, maybe. Maybe a D plus, possibly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so like, what could you like, what's like an, an, a known piece of music you could play at? Well, the best of your ability. That's the thing. I can't really, because all I did was study the books oh, and right, like the, the pieces that you need to pass the exam. Because it was always, I I know I must have asked for the lessons. I must have been about 11, but it always felt like a chore. Yeah. And it was just like, oh, I just need to learn these pieces to pass the exam. And obviously now I look back on that and think, no, that that's not what it's about. What a waste of time sort yeah. of thing. So I, that's the thing. I had all those lessons and I've got nothing to show for it, Josh. <laughs> what about you? Are you musical? 
No, no, I am. Um, apart from like the stuff you do at school, which is mandatory, you know, when they give you a guitar, like out, yeah, <laughs> recorder, like plucking a violin, yeah, being able to do triangle. Did you have the triangle? Triangle, yeah, being able yeah. to torture parents with a rendition of like Good Kids went Good Kings Wednesday's Last at the oh, Nativity yeah. and stuff. But no, not really. I've always not always wanted. Like I wasn't really interested when I was a kid. As I've got older, I, I wish I'd learn. Not that it's too late or anything, but oh, we should learn either the piano or the guitar. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of one of those things like on my bucket list to learn, even if it's just a little bit. I, I'd love to, but no, I can't. I, I never really was. I was never really took to anything like that. Can you sing? Yeah. Oh, can you? Yeah, yeah. Can you sing yeah. something for us now? No, I. I uh, if if you're good at something, never do it for free. Oh, I mean that is a very fair point, and I'll accept <laughs> that. <laughs> Uh, so the film this week is Easy A, uh, which is from 2010, mm-hmm. so about 10 years old. So spoiler warning if you've not watched it. Um, I picked this one this week. It was my turn. So just to give you a little bit of background on the film, it stars Emma Stone as Olive, who plays a girl who uh, is what she kind of describes as being invisible in high school uh, in every way, really. Um and then one weekend, her friend invites her to go camping. She doesn't want to go. So she tells the friend she's got a date. Then on the Monday, when she's recapping the imaginary date, she basically tells her friend that she um, slept with this imaginary man, lost her virginity. Then rumors start circulating around the school that she's this kind of, well, a promiscuous lady, should we say. And then um, it, it starts, the main bulk of the plot is... is men or boys start asking her to say that she has done stuff, sex or otherwise, with them um, for money mm-hmm. or book tokens or vouchers or whatever. And then it kind of her life starts to slowly unravel from there. Um, it is loosely based, and I do mean loosely on the book, The Scarlet Letter, uh, which is like a classic piece of literature about uh, a girl who... It gets accused of committing adultery and then becomes a saint because she never did it. Um, Alice, had you seen this one before? I had seen this one before. I'd seen it before many, many times, but not since probably around 2011, 2012, shortly after it came out. Um, So I really enjoyed the rewatch. I do want to ask Josh, though, why did you pick this one? So um, I I picked this one because I've, I've... the main, I feel, I feel it's underrated and slightly underseen. But the main reason I picked it is I think that look, before, you know, before we start, the comparisons to other teen comedies such as Mean Girls and Ten Things I Hate About You and that all that sort of genre are inevitable. But we'll got, but we'll come on to them. But I think it, whilst it is in that bracket of films, teen comedies, if you like, it um, it has some really positive things to say about identity, self empowerment. And even like privacy, mm-hmm. um, so that's why I picked it because I, I think that it's slight cut above than other teen comedies in the sense that it has a really good message. Not saying the other ones don't, but we're not here to talk about those. So if one of us picks <laughs> Mean Girls, I mean, or, maybe or, have you seen my list? <laughs> no, yeah, no. Well, what are we doing next week? Uh, no. Well, <laughs> um, so having watched it again, what did you think? I really enjoyed it. And you know what really got me this time was actually how funny it is, how actually funny it is. It's so funny. It is. And that's 
always a surprise I find now when you go back to revisit these sort of rom-coms. Like I went back and watched American Pie about six months ago or so. It was shite. I did not enjoy it one bit. I was just like, this is flat. It's not funny. These jokes are lame. Blah, blah, blah. Oh, they watch a 16-year-old girl on webcam. Well, exactly. Oh, they're all adult men. This makes me uncomfortable. Oh, it's weird. (laughs) (laughs) But with Easy A, I thought this is actually really, really funny. And Emma Stone is very funny. Uh, the sort of relationship that she has with her parents and that whole thing, they're quite funny. Like they obviously kind of make fun of the fact, or not make fun, but make light of the fact that they've adopted, that their son is adopted. Yeah. And like the dad will say to him like, where are you from again? <laughs> One of the funniest the funniest jokes in it is, so if you haven't seen it, Emma Stone's parents are, it implies they're biologically her parents, mm-hmm. but never says it. They're Stanley, Stanley Tucci and Patricia Clarkson, mm-hmm. who are obviously Caucasian actors, as is Emma Stone. But they've adopted a young black boy who's mm-hmm. about like nine or eight, something like that. Yeah. And there's a bit in it where they say they say something, and I can't remember what it is. And then he says something like, "Oh, it doesn't matter. I'm adopted." Yeah. And Stanley Tucci goes, "What? Yeah. Who told you? Yeah. Like, because obviously slams his fist so against the funny. kitchen cupboard, just absolutely oh, outraged. It's the, the relationship between the parents, and that like that's like for me, that's like benchmark parenting like Mm -hmm. if you had to pick like film parents it'd be them wouldn't they yeah they do have obviously quite a easygoing fun quite welcoming um kind of relationship or with each other the family are very close but obviously it is insinuated and i don't know if i just forgot it from last time or it just wasn't something that stayed in my mind or whatever but it feels like obviously that the dad is actually gay and that they've got married because of some kind of circumstance and they just sort of have this mutual agreement because the mum does say, oh, I dated a a gay man once for a long time. And then the dad says, I used to be gay for a long time. It implies it, doesn't it? But then the mum also says, oh, you know, your your dad's a little bit too straight, doesn't she? So it's like, it's it's that thing of nothing is set in stone. Mm -hmm. They just... They're just messing. They have a really easygoing relationship, like you say. Yeah, and I think it's why when everybody thinks that Olive is going out with her f- Brandon, Brandon. That's it. I was like, her friend. What's her friend's name? Brandon. And everyone's like, oh, he's gay. You can't be going out with him. But the mum and dad are like really understanding. They're like, yeah. you know what? If you want to date a gay guy, that is absolutely <laughs> fine with us. Yeah, no, that's that's a good point actually. Like the fact that he, he seems nice. He seems a little incredibly gay. Like yeah. as one of the like, <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So one of the if again, if you haven't seen the film, one of the as it gets to the stage where boys are coming to her and asking her to pretend to have gone out with them, slept with them, done stuff with them. One of them is is gay and he's getting really badly bullied for it. And mm-hmm. he basically says to her, you know, if you pretend to sleep with me in a public forum so that everyone can kind of hear us pretending, um, then I'll stop getting bullied. Mm-hmm. Um, which I think, I, I really like that storyline because as, yeah. as I was reading around the film prepping for this, that particular storyline is apparently based on the writer's own experiences. Really? I don't know. Obviously, it's probably exaggerated. Sure. But that idea of identity, which goes back to why I picked the film, so I really like what it has to say about identity, that idea of being yourself and how it is shit when you feel like you can't be yourself, especially like high school. High school's rough. Oh, yeah. For most, for a lot of people. Yeah, rough anyway. And then if you're a closeted gay man and you're terrified about coming out because of what other people think of you 
I mean, like we see, he, he's tortured, isn't he? He is desperate. Like he says to Olive, I am desperate. Like, will you please yeah. do this? And oh my God, does she give a performance. That's I brilliant, that love bit. that scene. You've got all those kids, they're at the party and they're outside the door and everyone's, you know, got their ears pressed against it and they're like, you know, like animals just trying to get in. Like, oh, people are having sex in there. Yeah. And they just absolutely go for it. Olive's it's just so funny. so funny. It's such a funny scene. The fact that she punches him to get him to yeah. sound like he's finished. <laughs> yeah. just... Like, oh, it smells bad down oh. there. And she's like, you're not meant to say it smells bad. And he's like, oh, kidding, it smells great. I love it. Oh, it's pretty, it's so, that's such a great scene. But, um, I mean, going back to what you said about Emma Stone, I don't think there is a scene in this film that she's not in. Well, there's, I mean, there's a couple... Oh, I don't know, actually. Around now, the, the only ones that she's not in are, I think, around like, the Christian group yes, with Amanda Bynes. But even there, like, she'll walk past or she'll go into a, a room adjoining yeah. where they are and then they're there. But, you know, you're right. But I did, I was thinking Emma Stone is doing a lot in this film. She's acting, she's singing, she's dancing. She's trying to be sexy but funny and goofy. Yeah. She cries at one time. Mm. She has to wear those outrageous outfits that are mm. just lingerie. Yeah. And high heels, and like, and she's um, she's trying to like get one of the boys like all excited or whatever. And she's like, "Did you know that my name is an anagram of I love?" And all this, <laughs> like, she's just so many different like characters funny, at once. It's funny you should say mention that scene. So in that scene, she says, "My name's obviously her name is Olive Pendergast." Mm. And she says, "My, I say, my my name is an anagram of I love. Mm. Her surname is also an anagram of, and this is a piece of trivia on IMDb. I haven't figured this out. Her surname is an uh, is an anagram of uh, fake shag. Oh, really? Or, it's, or you can get it from the name, yeah, or something like that. So, um, yeah, but it, it, she, she, there's a lot of references to like John Hughes films from the eighties, mm-hmm. like uh, what's the one with John Cusack in it? Say anything? Is it?" With the with the, the boom, boom box. box, I can't remember what it's called. I mean, I'm not. It plays Lloyd I haven't Gobbler. seen it. I'm afraid yeah, I, know the, I just yeah, know the iconic The Breakfast scene. Club and Sixteen Candles. All yeah. this it does more referencing um, '80s films than it does any other more more modern films. Yeah. As well as the big one being Ferris Bueller, mm-hmm. and she's almost like a Ferris Bueller type character in that she talks to the camera and she there's loads of little nods like when she puts her hair in a mohawk. That's a Ferris Bueller oh, thing. Oh, in the shower, yeah. 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 Or when um, she um, she plays a guitar or something and someone says, you're getting good, and she says, I've never had one lesson. Mm. That's, a, again, a reference to Ferris Bueller. Oh, she even really? references directly when she talks about a killer musical number at the end, mm-hmm. which she then does. But I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that I think, and I might get pelters for this, but I think this is better than Ferris Bueller. Oh, interesting. Um... I I mean, it's definitely got more of a rewatchability factor for me. I think I've only seen Ferris Bueller once. I have. It's very yeah. funny, don't mm. get me wrong. Um, but, I, you know, I think Easy A is better. I think it I'd might, agree with you. It might just be the way comedy has changed, and obviously this is of closer course. to my age, so maybe it's a bit more to my taste. But I just think it's funnier and it's got more to say mm-hmm. about stuff. So what do you think of the kind of, I suppose, themes and messages the, the film is trying to discuss and and talk about so i've got written here it addresses issues such as um kind of privacy identity self-empowerment slut shaming uh homophobia and back to kind of yeah self self self-love i suppose and identity yeah teacher student relations yes teacher student relations i suppose it even it even delves into um 
religious groups. Really, I was, yeah, I was going to say, absolutely. Um, no, definitely, definitely. I mean, and if you think about the Scarlet Letter, like so much of that, so much of this hatred towards mm. women is born from religion. Yeah. Um, so it, it makes sense that that would be included as well. Also, like, um, yeah, sexual identity, like you say. Growing up. But none of them, it, it deals with all these issues. Mm. And none of them, it's, it never gets heavy. There's one bit where it does get, a, not a little heavy in terms of too much for me, but where it's just a little darker. And that's when she goes on a date with a guy at the, at the peak of everyone thinking that she's very promiscuous. And um, he basically starts trying to kiss her and assumes that it's going to lead to more. Mm-hmm. Um, and she pushes him off. And that's when she gets upset. But other than that, I can't really think of any moments where it gets a, even a little bit dark. Mm. No, I agree. Because most of the time they'll... And that's a real skill as well, kind of dealing with these subjects in a very real world way and in a way where people who are watching it can actually relate. Like, it's not like this, you know, gleaming white, pristine version of life that we're getting. We're like, oh, look how perfect everyone is. If you're not like this, you should be miserable. Like, it it deals with um, real high levels of self-hatred, I think, as well. So I can't remember her name, but Lisa Kudrow's character is the teacher. Yeah. Guidance counsellor, sorry. Yes, yeah. So she clearly hates herself for what she's done, like with the uh, obviously cheating on her husband with, with the thirty-five-year-old school student. Uh, Twenty-two. Twenty-two. <laughs> no, I said the, the actor. It's that he's, he's like the only. Oh yeah. Because I was I was watching it. Um, sorry to interrupt, but I was, I was watching it and I, and I was thinking, Emma Stone must have been like coming up to like her late twenties when she made this, and like all the other cast must have been. And then I realized it was 10 years old mm. and that actually Emma Stone was, she wasn't like school age, but she wasn't, she was like, I don't know, I think about 20 Yeah. when she made it, maybe, maybe 20, she was, I don't think she was any older than kind of, like you say, 22. So mm. it's kind of nice to see a high school film with not, you know, with 32 year old buff actors in it. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, so as way. you were saying about Lisa Kudrow. Yeah, just so she clearly like hates herself and feels disgusting for what she's done. And then her character is a whole different display of like this female shame um, that she's feeling. And it's obviously like the kind of exact opposite to what Emma Stone's going through. But it's great that we deal with the adults so much as well. And the Mm. parents do get a look in and we learn a bit more about the teachers. Because usually obviously it's just very kid centric. Or if you have the adults in, it's just always as comic relief. Like I'm thinking Mean Girls and Mm. obviously Regina George's mother. Or even um, Eugene Levy in American Pies. Like it's always... They haven't really got their own things going on, whereas in this film, the adults do have their own stuff going on, and it's fucking dark at times. Yeah, it kind of it kind of explores relationships and sexuality at different levels, mm. right through from teenagers to adults to older people and stuff. So, I, I, I mean, the I think the, the 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 best parts of the film are two two things: Emma Stone's performance mm-hmm. and the script. I think they're just I think it's just brilliant. It's just such a watchable piece of kind of fairly lighthearted comedy. Yeah. And I, I think it's brilliant. Um, how did you feel kind of as a, I suppose, as an adult woman watching it? Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. 
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. What, as in if I felt different when I was younger? Yeah. I mean, only in a sort of... a more appreciative of the topics that it tackled and more appreciative of the humour. I suppose it wouldn't have been out when we were like 15 or uh, however old. No, what, 2010. Yeah, so I was I was already, yeah, I was I was already in my 20s. Yeah, I was, I was <laughs> coming up to my 20s. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're so old. <laughs> um, Obviously, the fact it's a female-led rom-com, that's always great. I think that's brilliant. Yeah. And it's, there's lots, it's not just Emma Stone as well. Like, like... Her mum's a great character. Mm-hmm. Amanda Bynes is obviously kind of the antagonist, but she gives a great performance. This is actually the last film she did. Was it really? Yeah, so she's she's retired. I think, she, obviously, not to go into it too much, but I think she had some sort of substance abuse and mental health problems. Oh, really? And around this time, I believe she saw this film and said, oh, well, that's, that's it for me. Oh, like, wow. I think she kind of had her troubles. I don't know what she's up to now, but... Yeah. This, sorry, just to double check, this is the sort of uh, highly religious. Yes, that Marianne, yeah. she's called. Marianne, she, she runs the Christian it. group, and um, she's the one who's kind of got it in for Emma Stone's character because she sees her as like a, they say like a, like a, well, like a prostitute basically. Yeah, like, yeah, <laughs> pretty much. But I, so I really like her character because Olive's behaviour clearly pains her. Yeah. Like it's not just a case of like, oh, I'm just going to shame this person just because I feel like it. It's like she's obviously been brought up in such a way that that behaviour yeah. is seen as abhorrent and just you absolutely mustn't do it. So it's like she says like, you know, I just, I want to like everybody, but it's so hard. And I feel like <laughs> she does genuinely find it hard and she would genuinely like to like everyone. Because yeah. when her and Olive kind of start chatting a little bit and start getting close, like there are a couple of sentences in and like immediately she's like, you're my best friend forever and I love you so much. Like she's clearly quite lonely, I suppose. Um, but yeah, so that was interesting as well because then she, she's just going through her own journey as well. I do love how self-referential it is. Mm-hmm. Like she even says, she even it's like, it's almost like they knew they were going to get the Mean Girls comparisons and the other comparisons to other team films so straight away. She's like, who am I? Whatever. And, and then she's like, this isn't one of those stories. And then it like immediately goes into, even though it can't, it's very similar, but you know, I love how, like we've already talked about, it references other films that it's influenced by, but it also 
by constantly referring to its own genre, it stops you not picking holes in it, but you don't quite know where it's going to go. Mm. I just I just think it's such a feel-good film as well, like the way it ends. Obviously, again, is a reference to, um, I can't remember which 80s film is in it, but he rides off on a lawnmower and he's got a boombox above his mm. head. Um which is all she wanted because all, all she, she all she says she says it throughout the film like that she wanted she wants this like big romantic happy ending so it's like her expectations have obviously been you know they've gone out of control as well because of the way that films and TV shows are you grow up and you think oh this is how life's going to go mm. a nice handsome man with lots of money and a great car is going to just turn up at my garden and whisk me away to happiness and then obviously that doesn't happen and she, that it's kind of about her kind of coming to terms with that as well mm. even though she's still so young in high school 17 years old um, but that is how you think I suppose it is how you think when you're a kid, isn't it? That oh, definitely. Ev that everything is going to be special. Yeah, and that everything's going to be yeah. nice and easy and yeah. things are just going to go your way. If there is anyone listening to this who is at high school, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry this, to break it to these you. These are your best days. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Something else that I really enjoyed, and I do think I only noticed this time, was how much work the extras are doing. So when she's walking through school, you know, it's kind of like a reveal when she comes in and she's got the red A on her. But even in scenes before that and ongoing through the film, the extras in the school are all doing a lot. They're mm. all looking at her. They're all having a reaction. No one is just, all right, kid, you need to walk past here. You need to go from A to B and then that's the shot. They're all a part of the scene. And definitely, like I said before, when they're having sex in the room uh, at the party and they're all just <laughs> pretending like... Pretending to have sex to in pretending, the room. Pretending, yes, of course. And... They're just trying, like, you know, desperately to get in yeah. and, like, clawing at the door and stuff. And that keeps happening. That's sort of ongoing. So I really appreciated that. It felt like there was always a lot of directing going on. So it's probably down to really good direction, that. Because mm -hmm. I, I was reading what the, the director, I think it's called Will Gluck, has yep. done. And I don't, I can't recall seeing anything else he's done. I think mm -hmm. he's I think he's done a lot of, like, uh, maybe musically theatre type stuff on Broadway. Mm. But I don't recall seeing anything else he's directed in his in his filmography. But you're right, and that sort of stuff, extras reacting to stuff, and the bit where like Muse is spreading around the school, that goes a long way for me to create a really like world, a really good world of this high school. As much as it's a fairly realistic high school, there's nothing going on that's unrealistic. Really, it goes a long way rather than just being just like you say. I oh, just walk behind you. You open that locker. You you know, go to that water fountain or whatever. So you're absolutely right. Mm. So I suppose moving on to things that we perhaps maybe didn't like or that bothered us about the film, um, I'll go early on this one. I, uh, there isn't really anything that I... I was. I always try and be balanced and find, even if it's like, oh, this little thing. Yeah. I've got a couple of things to say, but I feel like you might have some at least one thing to say. So is there anything you didn't like about the film? So if I asked you what you thought of the soundtrack, what mm. would you say? Um, I, I like the I like the score that runs through at the end. Ba 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 ba. I like that, and I like obviously Simple Minds plays at the end, which is an absolute tune. Other than that, I really wish they hadn't used Knock on Wood because I just thought of Oak Furniture Land adverts. Oh really? Oh, no, very <laughs> different. <laughs> yeah, but other than that, I, can, I remember thinking it was fine, but mm -hmm. not nothing that was like, oh, that's a poor use of that song, or whatever. Mm -hmm. Why? What? 
What did you notice? The soundtrack is incredibly loud. Oh, right. Incredibly loud. Like distractingly loud. One of the loudest I've heard. It's almost as loud as the dialogue in parts and it's constant, except for a couple of scenes. There's a couple of scenes where we're having, you know, some semi-important dialogue. There's one between, I think, Olive and her parents and then another, another conversation between Olive and Brandon. But apart from that, it's constant. And I didn't really notice it first time around. Like, obviously, you know, we know these films have loads of music in and sometimes the soundtrack is a real draw. But it was so loud that I was like, this... I don't... I wasn't sure if it was like a glaring mistake or if this is how they wanted it. It was a choice, yeah. And the volume would increase as the scenes go on, which obviously makes me think that that is a choice and not just like some, I don't know, some mistake or like the sound guy just has bad hearing or whatever. But it was so, it was just relentless. Mm. I, honestly, I can't, I, I can't say I'd no, notice that in terms of, I'd have to go back and look at it. Maybe I mean, I didn't read anywhere that it was a choice. It's like, oh, it's teenagers, it's this genre. Yeah, just like blasted all the way up to 11, which is just how it felt all the time. And I've got, I've got quite sensitive hearing and like sound just fascinates me like especially mm. on film like I'm always listening for it like what's the foley doing what's the soundtrack doing like are there footsteps and all this so I'm always listening for it and there's no there's just no let up from it and by the end I was just like oh my goodness did it take anything away from the film for you just like, like a smidge it, it was just it didn't take away it was just odd and I just every time it would get loud again I was like why why is this mm. happening obviously every scene builds to a crescendo and maybe that that was something that they were kind of trying to play with by using the music but I, I just didn't think it was necessary I'll tell you one thing I did notice and again I'm really clutching at straws of this I don't know why Olive would be friends with Rhiannon the blonde girl with the curly hair well I thought this as well because she's awful to her but I'm assuming that's a it's either they were friends when they were very, very young yeah. and you just get locked in with with those people or her self-esteem is so shit that she's like, oh, well, this is the only person who wants to hang around with yeah. me. I guess I've got to deal with it. I think a lot... I mean, everyone's got those friends who you meet at school or when you're younger and then when you grow up and you're still friends with them and you do kind of have those clarification, those moments of clarity where you look at each other and go, probably wouldn't be friends, would we, if we met yeah, now? Yeah. Because I know, because for most of my childhood friends... It's me. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> but um, no, I mean, the other thing was, would the, would the school allow a Christian group to essentially hound Olive and bully her? Probably just, I'm literally, I'm trying to find the needle in a haystack here from, of things there. Probably, I think the thing is, though, it's just, it's kids, isn't it? It's teenagers and, and bullying happens and a lot of the time it happens unnoticed. Yeah, yeah I suppose. So is there anything else? That was my main thing that I didn't like, and I don't think I'd really made a, a serious note of anything else. Obviously, there's there's a moment that I didn't like, but it's, this is more to do with, like, the character or whatever. But you know when, is it Woodchuck Todd, mm. who is the, the you know... The love interest. The, yes, who, who she ends up with in the end. But after she's been sexually assaulted by that guy, and obviously he, she gets in her car, and then uh, she gets in his car, and then she's crying all the way home mm. and then he tries to kiss her and i'm like ah, like i just hate it i hate it when a man who isn't your husband or your boyfriend in films now <laughs> presumes to kiss you because you're crying as yeah. if that's the thing that's oh this is the want. thing that's going to cheer me yeah, up yeah after you, just after you've been sexually assaulted i really want this other guy to come and mac on me but to be fair, <laughs> what saved it for me was that she said no and he immediately backed off. And he does, say, he says, can I kiss you? He doesn't like yeah. just kiss her. So I suppose, I think that's something where they've obviously thought about that mm -hmm. and thought, I can't just kiss her, that's just weird. 
One thing I would say about that scene is the guy who sexually assaults her looks a bit too much like him. Mm. Like when she first goes on a date with him, I was like, oh, is that... that that's is the that, guy. That's the guy. <laughs> and then when other him, yeah. I was like, oh, that's a different, different like, guy. Like make him a different looking guy. Like don't like have like a Poundland version of Ten Badgley. <laughs> <laughs> also, the one thing... I don't know if I like or dislike this, but it always sticks out like a sore thumb. Americans using mainly British words. Oh, go on, like what? So she she calls a character a twat. A, twa- a twat. And she goes, yeah, you ins- she, she says like you insufferable twat. And yeah, it's like yeah. it's like when Steve the Pirate says bollocks in Dodgeball. It's like it's weird. <laughs> it's like it doesn't jarring, sound right. Yeah. It's like it's like if a northern guy says motherfucker. <laughs> oh you motherfucker. Like it just doesn't doesn't fit right with me. Okay, so we'll move on to the critical reception in just a moment. But before then, I believe, Alice, you've uh, got a little something for us. Yes, Josh, please join me down the rabbit hole for this section that I'm going to call Alice Down the Rabbit Hole. I'm coming now. Thank you. So, we know that Olive's inspiration for donning the red eight was Hester Prynne, who was the focus of The Scarlet Letter, a mid-1800s novel about shame and social stigmatising. The novel's author was a man named Nathaniel Hawthorne. Given the themes in The Scarlet Letter, I was unsurprised to learn that Hawthorne was born in Salem in 1804. His ancestor, John Hathorne, was a judge during the Salem witch trials and, from what I can tell, really loved burning women at the stake. Some speculate Hawthorne probably added the W to his surname in his early 20s, to distance himself from great-great-granddaddy Hathorne, who was one of the only judges who didn't repent what happened in Salem when it ended. The Scarlet Letter was Hawthorne's most lucrative piece of writing. It was one of the first mass-produced books in America, selling 2,500 volumes within 10 days. At the start of the Civil War, Hawthorne was unable to focus on his fiction, feeling too distracted by the national crisis. He went to meet Abraham Lincoln and wrote an essay called Chiefly About War Matters that was criticised for being anti-war and was interpreted as being sympathetic towards the South. With several novels left unfinished, Hawthorne fell ill with stomach pains and died in his sleep in 1864. And that was Alice Down the Rabbit Hole. Thank you. It's, a, it's nice to be educational as well. Absolutely. Not just... Entertaining. Exactly. Attempting to be entertaining. Attempting, that's the word. <laughs> as we continue to attempt, we'll move on to the critical, <laughs> critical reception. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think we're looking at in terms of how it was received let's have a think so i wouldn't say that these sorts of films tend to rate incredibly high like we're not looking at nines really for sort of rom-coms in general it is better i think than many of the teen rom-com sort of films out there i would say i think it should be getting at least a high seven like at least a 7.8 but I would give it probably more like an 8 mid, so like an 8.4, 8.5. Yes, yeah, so you're not far off. Mm. So on IMDb, it gets 7 out of 10. Okay. And on Rotten Tomatoes, it gets 77% of the audience okay. and 85% of the critics. So oh, good. you're probably looking at averaging out at, like, um, like you say, a mid-70s. Um, so, so is it just a flat 7 on IMDb? A flat 7 mm. from... I feel like that's a little bit hard. That's just 350,000 oh, wow, votes yeah. as well. So that's not that's no mean feat, is it, mm. to get that many votes. So what do we think? Oh, definitely underrated. Yeah, I think so. I think a flat 7 is a little bit harsh. And I don't think... I think Emma Stone deserves more than a flat I mean, 7 for that. she's a star. Wonderful. She's a star in this. She's a star now. She's absolutely brilliant. <laughs> I, I agree. I agree. I think that... 
I think it is a slight cut above your average rom-com teen comedy. I think it's got a lot of really positive things to say. Mm -hmm. It's entertaining. It's funny. It's kind of got a really diverse, interesting cast. And I think that, I mean, it's 10 years old. None of the comedy is aged. If you look at other films that made around the time, like The Hangover, for example, which is only a year before this, it's aged terribly. Mm. So I think it's up there with for me with with a, with a great comedy, probably based on that, slightly underrated, I'm going to say as well. Yeah, so there agree. we go. Another one for underrated. Mm-hmm. So there we go. Uh, another one for underrated alice it's your turn to pick our next film what are we watching we are watching tremors from 1990 uh interesting have you seen it i have not oh i know very little about it so we'll save that for next week oh excited now um as ever if you'd like to get in touch with us please do if you've got films you want to suggest if you've got uh comments you want to make on easy a or if you just want to uh, make a point on anything film related then please do get in touch it's films on that pod at gmail we're on twitter at films underscore that and facebook and instagram uh, we are films and that pod do get in touch we'd, we'd love to hear from you um and we will see you next week alice oliver thank you for joining me thank you very much josh and it's cheerio from me see you next week bye catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi mm. hello fresh stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at hellofresh.com let's get this dinner party started even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.